Namaste. This is the beginning of a series on our Sanskrit non-translatables project. And this particular series is on Carnatic music, which is one of the sacred treasures of South India, one of the sacred treasures of Indian arts. And to explain what it is, why it's so important, why these words that are characteristic of Carnatic music, Sanskrit words, are special, there is no English equivalent, and why the dilution and digestion of these into Western music is not a good idea. To do that, I have Rinda Acharya, who is a vocalist, renowned vocalist, a very accomplished vocalist that we has worked with our Infinity Foundation for some time. And welcome, Rinda. Namaste. Thank you so much. So, uh, tell us why you feel this project is important to you. Um, basically, Indian classical music, as all of us know, has two faces. The Hindustani music, which, is, uh, which has grown, which has been developed and nurtured mostly in the northern part of India, and the Carnatic music, uh, which is actually considered as the present evolved form of the ancient uh, Indian system of music, uh, which is practiced and prevalent in the southern part of India. Uh, both Hindustani and Carnatic uh, systems, they come from the common source. Uh, they have the same origin, they have their roots in the Samaveda. And most of these terms that I'll be uh, explaining as non-translatables, um, they relate both to Hindustani as well as Carnatic music, most of them. For example, terms like Nada, Shruti, Laya, Raga and so on. Um, however, there are certain other terms like um, Gamaka, for example, Mela, which are exclusive only to Carnatic music. Mm -hmm. So this whole thing can be called as um, non-translatables of Indian music in general, but uh, with uh, specific reference to or uh, analyzed from the point of view of South Indian music or Carnatic music. And um, Carnatic music is not just an art form which is uh, born out of some kind of void. It is a very complex uh, musical culture that is fundamentally integrated with uh, Sanatana Dharma, with the Hindu ethos. And one very sp uh, special feature of uh, Indian music and more so Carnatic music that differentiates it from rest of the music systems across the globe is that in Carnatic music, um, the, the ultimate purpose of Carnatic music has always been, it has always been viewed as a means of transcendence, as a means to reach the supreme truth, as a means to experience the supreme reality. So uh, the purpose was never to provide just an entertainment, uh, the purpose was to elevate the performer as well as the listener. The consciousness. To, yeah, to provide an experience and to elevate the performer and the listener uh, mentally, emotionally and spiritually. So all the associated terms uh, related to Carnatic music have to be understood or have to be viewed from this kind of a uh, background. But uh, yeah, the basic terms that are like Nada, Shruti, Laya, then Kala, Tala, Kala Pramana, then um, Sangati, Mela, Gamaka, Anuloma, Pratiloma, Avadhana, I can go on and on. So there are so many terms which are essentially non-translatables because they are tied to our Hindu ethos at various levels. And um, trying to find uh, equivalents, uh, English equivalents will not do any justice to the profoundity and the wisdom that is associated with each of these uh, terms. What is not desirable is that uh, 
the entire gamut of Indian musical terminology is uh, represented by uh, simplistically, shallowly, loosely translated English words, even in books written by Eng Indian uh, musicologists and Indian authors. Well-known authorities? Well-known, well-known. So these are not some obscure thing. No, no. They important works. Important which works. Which are read widely. Given importance. Yeah, authoritative books. Authoritative books. Yes. Uh, contain translations into English which should not be done. Which should not be done. Right. And these terms are commonly used by Indian musicians as well. Uh, Carnatic musicians particularly, they are now globetrotters. They go around the world. They perform. So when they interact with uh, um, Western musicians, their Western counterparts, or with audiences worldwide, they freely use terms like melody, uh, rhythm, and um, they say speed. And in doing so, they reduce the meaning of what they are they're really yes, trying to convey. Yes, they feel it is cool you know, to use these English terms. So you are trying to be more relevant to the present times or you are trying to reach out to the masses or spread Carnatic music by doing that. But uh, if, you, if you use terms like Raga, Tala and, and the traditional terms, if you are a purist, you are considered as someone who is rigid or you know backward. Ort orthodox. Orthodox, not in… From a village. Yes, <laughs> not in tune with the times. The ultimate result of uh, this trend is that, uh, just like all other aspects of our culture, Carnatic music is uh, gradually getting digested into what is called as world music or gl global music. Uh, our own musicians go about saying music is uh, uh, beyond language, beyond barriers, beyond religion uh, and so on. Uh, music is universal is the new mantra. Of course music is universal, nobody can deny that fact, nobody said no. But Carnatic music is a distinct system of music uh, having its own history, having its unique identity uh, which cannot be separated from its ethos. So this unique identity getting dissolved into this concept of universalism. Does that make sense is the question. One thing is um, uh, using roughly translated English words um, uh, you know in place of our highly deep uh, concepts uh, then um, you know um, altogether uh, removing the religious aspect or the bhakti element which is in fact the very essence of our music um, uh, doing away with Sahitya, calling it a hindrance to, you know, worldwide acceptability of Carnatic music and then, um, you know, rather than doing traditional concerts, uh, doing more of, you know, f fusion concerts with, fusion performances with Western uh, music forms. Uh, fusion per se is not bad. It is, it is wonderful to collaborate with other forms of music, but do it with adherence to your core values is all that I want to say here. Uh, if these trends continue um, in a uh, you know few decades from now, I fear Carnatic uh, music may become extinct. So um, insisting on retaining the original uh, you know non-translatable musical terms is a very important step uh, towards preventing this digestion from happening. And um, secondly, we are always made to fit into that Western framework, and in the process we take upon ourselves to make so many compromises. Uh, of course, uh, Carnatic music becoming popular worldwide is a wonderful thing and our uh, musicians getting worldwide popularity for their talent, recognition, that's a wonderful thing. But in order to achieve this, 
is it okay to compromise on the very basic identity and the core values of carnatic music is the question so what is happening is oversimplification um, then uh, dilution and finally distortion so the whole purpose of this series is to take some of these terms and then i will ask i will be the naive audience person saying why not what right. is wrong if you call it rhythm right and then you have to answer why not Definitely. because you have to show that if you translate it then there are certain nuances left out left missed out. out and so this will be educational and the purpose is to empower even somebody who's not a professional vocalist but who wants to talk about his culture understand his culture confidently use these terms when you're describing our culture and be able to defend why certain translation into english is not a good idea why why it misses the point why it's a subset maybe not the complete exactly. bandwidth of ideas yes some of the terms are not at all the right words and some of them are not so bad translations but still they miss out on certain uh, important aspects the profundity and the depth of the original terms so we have to analyze each of these terms to see whether uh, they are reasonable translations yes now one of the things you already mentioned is um transcend right the purpose is to transcend so the idea of transcend is not the same thing as the christian idea of prayer right because prayer is you know it's a conceptual you are talking to somebody as a petition oh you mr lord yes. the judge please give me yes uh, you know please answer my request it's is to a higher authority yes. asking for something yes whereas transcendence is different transcendence is different. how would you because i think this will this will matter a lot this kind because of this is the the purpose of music has always been to provide an experience so it is not that you are praying you are you are using bhakti to ask as, for something ask for something there is no business with god here right so it is uh, experiencing the supreme reality and the purpose of all art forms not just music but more so music has been in, in india it has been throughout Uh, it has been perceived as a means to reach the supreme reality and to experience that absolute celestial bliss yes so philosophically when you perform uh your relationship with the divine right is a very real relationship real relationship exactly the divine is present yes that that is the, what you're trying to explain yes, exactly. the divine is really present here is really present uh, and and uh, initially there is a dualistic relationship there's yes. a divine and is me yes is there a state of transcendence that is kind of unified non dualistic is yeah. do, do you transcend to that point yes ex- uh, particularly when you are um, dealing with uh, concepts like the shruti and the laya yeah. you actually merge with it you become one with it one with the divine one with the divine so you are the divine having this experience exactly so this is transcendence from ordinary human state of consciousness to a higher state where you are interacting with the divine and then even higher where the divine is the divine and you are clearly inseparable exactly now if this is so then if even if somebody from an abrahamic religion uses all these terms the point is that in his metaphysics yeah. there is no such thing as unity with the divine exactly so uh, somewhere there is something going wrong yes something fishy happening yes because he may say oh i'm using this term yes but his but ha- how he is using it is not the same experience that you are getting exactly can i say that exactly yeah. very true so he may he may do lip service to the term but he is not being totally honest because honest, yes. he is not able to experience he is not allowed to experience that unity 
Yes. With God. Yes. In some religions, it's considered blasphemy. Yeah. It is punishable by stoning to death. Yes. In yes, some religions. Yes. Yes. And people have been who said that I am Allah or I am, I am God. They have been punished like that. Yeah. Uh, because God is outside the universe, and you are in the universe, and to worship God or to see God, experience God in form, is considered idolatry. Even. Yeah. And the worst kind of idolatry is to idolize yourself. Yes. That I am divine. So when you say I'm divine and when you have say I, I've actually had this great experience through my music and I experienced divinity in me, that is considered blasphemy. What is your view on this particular point I just made? Um, yeah, of course it is uh, right because uh, Indian music has always been considered as, uh, as I said, as a means of transcendence and that experience of the divine bliss. So since it doesn't very well fit into uh, the Christian framework or the Islamic framework. So maybe it doesn't make much sense to Christianize Indian music or Islamize Indian music because the very bedrock, the very basic philosophy in the two religions are totally different. So there are two kinds of distortion. Uh, one is uh, removing the sacred completely so you are on safe ground right. and it's like any other music. It's pure entertainment, secular. Right. And so you've truncated the upper layers of experience from yes. the music. Yes. The second problem is that you keep the divine, but now you put in the Christian idea of divine or the Muslim idea of divine, where yes. the, the relationship of the performer and divinity are not the same. Exactly. So in both instances, whether you're secularizing or Christianizing, you are distorting the Yeah, philosophy. but in, in a way, I feel there is a little bit of contradiction there itself. Now, in one, one side of it, you are saying music need not be in praise of gods or music need not be a means of experience, divine experience. It can just be an entertainment. On the other hand, you are trying to sing, um, you know, compositions in praise of Jesus, Allah and all that. Right. So there is a little bit of contradiction there. That's correct. Yeah. So, so they would say that some of them would say I'm only secular. Right. I'm not into contradiction. Right. So we have to deconstruct what that is, yeah. what problem it's is. It's like, why not? Yeah. Why, what is wrong if why we... Wrong? Yeah. And some of them would say, I'm not secularizing, I'm only praising for Jesus. Right. Okay, and, and Allah. Right. But I'm not secularizing. All gods are same. All so gods if are you same. can sing in praise of Rama and Krishna, why not in praise of Jesus and right. Allah? And so, so this issue of all gods are same. Mm. Uh, all gods are same, but is it on our terms or is it on your terms? Exactly. So all gods, I have no problem if all gods are same, provided you use my definition of what God is. Exactly. Just to clarify, uh, I don't think we are denying the art value of music, we are just saying that the bhakti value should not be removed. Exactly. So there's both both areas. It is it is a, it is the whole idea of kavya and the whole idea of natishastra and music and all the performing arts is to have a very user-friendly approach to the higher the same knowledge as in the shastras, but without the analytical depth and the rigor and so on, in a very nice friendly way to bring a person to the same higher truth through. Uh, performing arts. Right. No. So the ultimate goal is the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you if you look at the history of Indian music, throughout art music and uh, you know the bhakti oriented music, you know they have gone hand in hand. So it is not that uh, if you have to do bhakti in music, you will have to do away with the art aspect. That has never been the concept. Great heights, artistic heights have re have been reached in Indian music, which even Western music is now trying to get closer to. So that highest element of art music has always been there. What is happening now is that they are trying to strip the bhakti element of the music 
and only project it as an art form. The musicianship, the expertise of the uh, musician, uh, his talent, you know, projecting his expertise has become the main thing now. So removing the sacred. Removing the sacred. <laughs>